I remember that day I could not get my eyes off my phone. I was like, every time I refreshed, it was like another thousand followers, another thousand. I was like, wow, grew from a uh, 30,000 to 140,000 in a day. So I get the handle Shauna's Magic with not two C's. I um, start posting daily magic videos and everything is hitting. Just every single video is like million views, million views, million views. From my birthday, a month later, we, we hit a million followers. And I was like, wow, people love my magic. And ever since that day, we've been posting magic videos on there. It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of it. doesn't matter how badly you got beaten down. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, a better business. Go with your gut. I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. Watching as he racked up tens of thousands of new fans over the course of a day, Sean Satariadana let out a sigh of relief he didn't even know he was holding. This success, this new and unexpected online stage, is what he's been looking for his whole life, and it only took him 16 years to find it. Going by the name Sean Does Magic, Sean's masterful magic tricks have garnered more than 21 million followers on TikTok and 5 million followers on YouTube. From networking with meme accounts over Instagram DMs to performing tricks for Addison Ray and Dixie D'Amelio, Sean's unparalleled tenacity and drive have taken him on a wild journey. However, before his trips to VidCon and tryouts for America's Got Talent, before Sean was even born, his roots grew far away from the beaches of Los Angeles and Florida, all the way across the Pacific in the Philippines. I was wondering if you could kind of take me back to the beginning and maybe talk about your your parents growing up in the Philippines. Sure. My parents are both immigrants. Uh, they moved into the U.S. And, uh, you know, they both grew up very poor, actually. And, you know, it's kind of like uh, one of those things where, like, my dad was kind of really determined to make it out of the Philippines and, like, find a better future for his family and whatnot. He was very, very smart. Um, and he got picked as one of the lucky people to um, travel abroad and study abroad. And he actually got an opportunity, um, despite being from a poor background, same with my mom. With a child on the way, he decided to start studying in the Netherlands. Um, the child being me, my mom eventually moved to the Netherlands along with my sister. Um, my sister's uh, older than me by just about two years. And uh, then they had me. And while he was studying, he was trying to get a PhD and try to, again, get a better future for, you know, his children. Uh, and that PhD led him to an opportunity in America, which we had eventually moved when I was just about one, two years old. And ever since then, we've kind of, I've kind of grown up in America. You know, obviously I, I say I'm born in the Netherlands, but I'm really an Asian American at heart. You know, I have my Filipino backgrounds and um, also my uh, American culture that I grew up with. What was it like growing up? like mainly in the U.S., but bouncing around a little bit. Like, um, what were the values that your parents were like instilling in you? Were they, were they like pretty strict or were they yeah, pretty open? Yeah. Or? So, yeah, I mean, this is something that um, I always look back on, but like, you know, just like a lot of immigrant parents, they are, they were very strict. They're very strict parents. I, and it makes sense. You know, your parents work so hard just to give you an opportunity in America. 
you want your kids to do well, which is, um, you know, something that's respectable. And I understand, I didn't understand at the time. It's like, why is mom and dad so hard? No, I try so hard. I get good grades. You know, I do all this stuff. Um, but you know, it, it's definitely one of those things. Like my parents wanted us to do well and, uh, you know, achieve high things and, uh, perform at our best of our ability. So whenever we weren't doing that, you know, they were very strict about it. On top of that, uh, one thing that my I learned, especially from my dad, um, is like his just perseverance and determination was like a huge factor into like my later life. Just like my dad grinded to get from like being poor in the Philippines to like getting a full house paid by the company like in the U.S. He has a Ph.D. in mathematics and statistics. I know like that's smart, smart. And if you saw my math grades in high school, you'd be like, how does that <laughs> translate? It doesn't make any sense. Um, but <laughs> But um, he worked with a company called McGrew Hill, which is like kind of what makes the math textbooks for, um, you know, kids in elementary school, middle school, high school. And they worked on state tests. So he had a really one of those really smart jobs and uh, he was always very busy. But I, I always saw him working. And that was kind of one of the big things that stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that work ethic like comes even in today. I want to go in the younger years for a little bit longer and maybe talk about Franklin the Turtle. Oh my God. <laughs> oh baby. That's, um, that's really funny. Franklin, the turtle wouldn't seem like that big of an influence on like yeah, anybody who, who is Franklin, the turtle, Franklin, the turtle is this cartoon turtle that hangs out with his friends and learns life lessons as they hang out. Um, and it's one of those like just Nickelodeon shows that was just like that played as I was a kid. And I remember there was this one episode when I was fairly young, I think around six years old where Franklin does a magic trick with a coin and he makes it vanish and reappear. And I learned that magic trick and I've just gotten infatuated by it ever since then. Like that was like the first magic trick I learned. Um, I also learned this one with my thumb where I make my thumb come off and come back on. I started showing it to my friends in school and um, I just started learning magic, just a ton of magic. Yeah. What, what do you think it was about magic that like really drew you in? I think one thing that really like kept me like interested and infatuated by it is like just the reactions that you can give people. It's it's funny, um, you know, obviously I was a kid when I was starting out, but one of the big things that keep me magic till this day is like it's the idea that you can you can make almost make people feel like they're a kid again it's weird and it sounds cliche but it's really true like that small second before you start figuring out how to do a magic trick you that amazement that's like the same amazement you get when you're a little kid and you see a disney princess you really believe you know and it, that that feeling and it's creating that like sense of wonder right I yes think exactly that, that's what's like so amazing about magic you see people like they freak out they giggle they laugh like they're literally a kid again and they're like believe in something um that should be impossible and i think that's what's the biggest thing that i love about magic so i mean you didn't just stop when you were six um you continued and i think like next i want to go to like wh when was the first time that you uh tried to do magic in front of a larger audience oh gosh um so uh, I actually, after we moved to the U.S., we moved around a lot. We moved like over like seven, eight times. And during school is when I would really learn more magic and try to do magic for a lot of my classmates. That's why those math grades weren't top tier. Right, I know. I was too busy shoveling cards. Um, no, I should I should just change my grades. I just snapped <laughs> my fingers. I'm, I missed out. Um, no, but I moved a lot, so I made a lot of friends doing magic. And so one of the first times that I really performed in front of a big audience, um, there's a clip of me, actually one of my most viral videos, uh, of me performing magic when I was 12 years old and it was on a stage um, at a citywide talent show. 
Um, and it was, it, it was from, uh, we were in North Carolina at the time, um, carry North Carolina talent show. And it was me with just like a little briefcase of like six decks of cards with a bunch of different tricks, uh, 12. And it's just me just performing in front of a really large crowd. I was extremely nervous. Uh, probably, um, for me, th this is like a lot, but there were like 300 people, a lot of people. for a 12 year old. That's I was a, like, wow, that's a good amount of people. Dude. So I was like, uh, I was, I was like freaking out the whole time, but, um, it ended up being great. And, uh, so many people were complimenting afterwards. And I knew that there was some sort of future after that first performance. Wow. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the moment that, you know, like you love it. How did you take that to America's Got Talent? Oh my gosh, that is a phenomenal question. If you have ever seen my story before or heard about anything that I've done, I've auditioned for Mexico Talent four times. Um, and I knew that I had something. You know, everybody would say, like, you're such a great performer, like, you're amazing, like, at your young age, whatever, all these things. And I'd watch the magicians on America's Got Talent and be like, I can do that. I see, I know how to do that trick. I can perform that. Like, let me see if I can do it. And so a lot of people don't know this, but the audition process is actually very lengthy compared to what you see on TV. What you see on TV are the people that are already picked by the producers. Um, so you have to go through a lengthy audition process where you have to talk to the producers and sit to the other producers, to the executive producers, et cetera, et cetera. And so they have open auditions at a bunch of different locations and you can go in and just audition in front of producers. Most people who audition there don't get picked. And that's what I didn't realize as a kid because I was like, I got talent. I can do this. And I would go into these audition rooms and there's hundreds and thousands of people with so much talent. And I saw it with my eyes like this is America's Got Talent where they look all these people and nobody that I met there ever got on the show. It was very selective. They only picked like a couple contestants. Obviously, there's like hundreds of thousands of people that audition. So only a few, like maybe 30 get picked for the show, right? And I had my first audition in Tampa, Florida. That first time I auditioned, they were like, we love you, let's send you the executive producers. That was the first time. And I had like so much help. I was like, oh my Yo, God, we got it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're on the road. Right, I was like, oh, let's go. And that hope, uh, after I met with the executive producers, I performed and I went home. What I didn't know is that they usually keep in contact with the people that they want to move on forward with. So the whole time I was thinking, maybe they're going to call me. Maybe they're going to call me. No, I was never picked for the show. And so from there, every year since then, and I was 13 when I first auditioned, every year since then, I auditioned for like probably four years straight. Um, and every single time they said no. And I was heartbroken. But it's like also like, what are the other options? Like you want to be a magician. It's like, it feels like, like... If I'm a kid and maybe I'm I've I've watched like America's Got Talent or whatever, like that's that seems like the only way to make it, right? Like, what other avenues are there? I was already making videos since I was younger. I was I started a YouTube channel in 2012 when I was 10 years old, and it was just for fun. I was doing magic trick videos and whatnot to the camera, and I was like, let's take this seriously. Let's do this for real. Uh, it was freshman year of high school, and I had 900 followers on Instagram. That's it. And I was like, that's probably like, you know, maybe a, a decent amount that are friends and family. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Such, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to take this seriously. Like, I know I can do it because like I've been told by a lot of people and I, that I have talents. So I was like, I want to showcase this everywhere. So what does taking it seriously mean? I made videos specifically with the idea to go viral and get posted on big pages like world star which was the big one at the time or like big meme pages with millions of followers just to get my face out there more and so that first year um i started an instagram page called shonda's magic on instagram 
And um, that first year we went from 900 followers and then we, we ended up hitting 30,000 by the end of the year, which was like a huge jump for me. Wait, can we talk a little bit about the steps in between there? When you say I'm making uh, videos for these pages, what does that mean? So what I wanted to do is I would see like, I, I just basically replicated what a lot of Instagram creators during that time were doing. Now, I'm not saying that this would work today, but a lot of creators were making very meme style like videos where they'd have like text at the top. There's a white border and like some sort of vi their video in the middle. Um, and I started replicating that. I, I took my magic clips of me doing magic for people and the street magic videos that I had. And I started filming every time I did magic. There was uh, I always filmed it. And I would take that and I'd put it into the format that was like world star format and like meme format. I basically utilized the videos that I had and optimized them to be good Instagram videos and repostable. And what I did is this is a this is so true. Like I wish you could see me as like a you know, 13 year old kid with my phone sitting there late at night. I used to just sit there and send my videos to every single notable meme page like that had a following and ask them if they needed content or needed a video, post this because I think it'll do well. And eventually one of my videos ended up doing really well on uh, one of the meme pages and my own page. And that became my leverage. I said, Hey, meme page that is wants to get a lot of views. This video has proven to go viral. It's a viral video. You need content for your meme page, all these pages. And I said, post it. And every time they posted it, it did well. And I would receive followers at the same time. You have this meme page philosophy or this like algorithm that you're developing. You get to 30,000 followers. Now you have leverage, right? So now, so so, how do you use that leverage? So I, I had this following and it started to be like all these other meme pages that posted me and did well on. I could just send them my video and say, hey, my last one did well. You should post this now too. And I became like, I started developing relationships with all these pages. And uh, there was one page specifically that had like almost a million followers. Um, it's uh, the name was shit ideas. Literally, that's the Instagram tag and they would post me all the time And every time they posted me I get traction It would be another couple thousand followers another couple thousand and um, that slowly kind of built the start of my own You know career as a creator because I, I wanted to um, You know at least have the foundation and the, these other pages kind of gave me the foundation uh, But it all started from me giving them value in the first place. So that's kind of one of the big things yeah, you can't just expect people to, to post your stuff. Right. I, I get a lot of DMs saying, like, can you shout me out? Can you do this? Can you do that? No creator. Like, if you go out to creators and ask them, no one's going to do that. No, There's not a single creator that, like, is down to just, like, random stranger that hits them up and say, can you give me a shout? Nobody will do that. If you provide value for them or give them a reason, or same with collabs. If you want to work with someone, you got to give them a reason or give them value first as well. Mm-hmm. One of my friends ended up telling me about this platform called TikTok. And so I downloaded it and I was scrolling through and I was like, oh, it's a little different. There's people making jokes on here. Like it's not just dance videos. It's not just lip syncing videos like Musical.ly was. And so I started to try it out a little bit. And the first video I did was actually a dance video. I got like 
50 views. It was like nothing at all. But I was getting the hang of the um, kind of like learning what the trends were and stuff. Like I was thinking to myself like, oh, wow, I, I think I might like be able to do something separate on this page. Yeah. And so I was posting on there and I started posting a lot of meme stuff and they were starting to hit like every video was at like at least 10,000 views. I was like, oh, let's go. Like this is this is, this is doing better than my Instagram stuff right now. Like I was so glad. And then and right before my birthday, I posted my first magic video and I said, I'm going to try magic. Let's see, because nobody was doing it. And so, yeah, I posted my first magic video and I posted two videos within two days. And in those two days, we grew 100,000 new followers. Yeah, I grew from a, uh, 30,000 to 140,000 in a day. And I was shocked in a single day. Yeah, we, we moved up immediately. That was my first time hitting six figures on a platform. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, 100,000, over 100,000. And I was like, wow, people love my magic. And ever since that day, um, we've been posting magic videos on there. We really haven't done that much comedy or whatnot. But um, yeah, so going back, uh, obviously, I'm very excited. And I was like, we're going to change this page to magic. So I get the handle Shauna's magic with not two C's. I um, start posting daily magic videos. and Everything is hitting. Just every single video is like million views, million views, million views. And um, from my birthday, a month later, we we hit a million followers, which was just like, a yeah, literally a, within a month, we went from 30,000 to a million. What does that do in terms of like changing how you're thinking about social media as a career and also like what kind of opportunities you're getting? Right. Well, I... um. To me, honestly, it was more like, oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you've been grinding since yeah. you were like 12. Well, because when I said I was taking it seriously, like I really meant take it. Like I wanted to do it. Like I want this to be my career. And I was arguing with my parents, like I'm not going to college. I want to be a creator. This is what I want to do with my life. And so obviously TikTok started up. And at this time when I hit a million, I'm like, oh my God. Like, thank God. Like this is finally like an avenue and I can start working and whatnot. And I can like start doing brand deals. And I ended up doing my first brand deal at around 800,000 followers. So what was the brand deal? Like how much did they pay you? So I remember um, I was at 800K. I was still doing school. Um, I was at a competition. I, I competed for um, as a news anchor for like this state. It, there's there's these different competitions where you can, um, as a student, compete for like professional jobs. One of them was uh, being a news anchor. So I was at the state competition uh, and I was distracted the whole time because I was like negotiating this price with this brand deal. And I kept was kept being told by everybody like, just like ask for a lot of money. And I was like, bro, a lot of money to me is like $50. I had 800,000. So I was like, you know what? I'll throw a random number. And if they don't say it, I'm gonna ask for $50. Like, I don't care. So I asked them, I was like, let's still, can you do a thousand dollars for a pose? And they said, yeah, let's do it. I was like, oh my God. And I was freaking out. At this, dollars, at yeah. this, I mean, you're a junior in high school, you know, a thousand dollars is a lot of money. Like that is like, you're saving up for a car at that point, you know, like, um, and so I got my first brand deal and I was like, so stoked about it. It was for Mel science, uh, M E L science. It was the science page that did like science things for kids and stuff. And they just wanted me to do a science experiment of some sort and tag them. And so I did one that they recommended. It was like one where you can like soak up all the water with a lighter or whatever. I don't know. It was like some like cute little kid science trick. And the video was me betting my friend that I could do it. 
like, oh, I bet you $100. And it was a cute little video. And that was my very first brand deal. And we, since then, we continued to do brand deals. And that was like kind of the start of my income on social media. When you get that like $1,000 check, what are your parents thinking about their magician son now? Um, They weren't that as excited as I was. They weren't as excited as I was because, you know, you can always win the lottery or like get a couple, you know, you could win a scratch ticket and get a thousand dollars. It needed to be consistent and it needed to be a good career path. Like it needed to be solid before I did it. So I wanted to make it one of my goals that by the time I graduated, I had enough income to do it. And so I continued to grind to create content and I continued to learn the TikTok algorithm and how to create content on TikTok and what's the best to optimize. Um, and we continued to grow. And uh, first year we, were, we finished off at like one, I believe 1.5 million. Um, 2020 became my big year. That was my really big year. And that I was still in high school and I was graduating um, around June. So I had this time to like prove myself. And I went to this convention. And this is why I always tell people like conventions and like places where there's like, successful people and like there's high motivated people is so important like surround yourself with good and like inspiring and motivating people you got to put yourself in a position to get lucky and get in get opportunities you know and i go to playlists and i run into not no one like y'all probably all know these two people addison ray and dixie d'amelia and they're in the tick in the playlist lobby and i go yo can i show you magic trick and can i film it and uh they're like yeah they were so nice i performed magic for them and these are like some of the biggest I mean, how many followers right. did they have on the platform at that point M millions millions and now like addison's like friends with the kardashians like all this stuff and i filmed that video just literally down the hall in the playlist lobby it is me doing magic to both of them and that became my first viral youtube video it, it ended up being my first video hit a million views and my um, it ended up getting two million views actually. And it kind of started my base for YouTube. So now I have Instagram, YouTube and TikTok going on all at once. You have the trifecta. Right. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. And so that became another source of revenue. And then I continued to grow my TikTok. And from there, from that three million, quarantine came about because this was February 2020. Then March, everything shut down. Were you worried? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Because it made, gave me more time to do videos. And during quarantine is when I had my biggest blow. I went from 3 million to 12 million, hitting a million followers every week for six weeks straight. How did, did that change your life? Or are you just still, yes. still just like Well, I'm in still your living with my parents. I'm literally like, all of this is happening and I'm just telling my parents, I'll do this. And then I get my first big brand deal, like super big brand deal. And it was for like telling people to stay safe during quarantine. It was like paid by the government. Yeah, they're doing government, government TikToks. TikToks. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And um, it was my first brand deal for five figures. And I was like, there's no way they're paying me five figures for this 30 second video. And um, I did that and I, I ended up buying my first car <laughs> with that money. And that I think that moment where I bought my first car because my dad was with me when he, he helped me find the car. Um, I think that's when my dad was like, okay, like this is for real. So you're not going to college? No, currently not. What did life look like as a full-time creator? So I was generating like a full-time income doing this uh, social media stuff. And my friends wanted to do it as well. So we started a creator house. This is when a lot of hype house was going on, um, Sway LA. We started a creator house called The Pound LA. And we, none of us... Uh, 
it was really only me and uh, maybe my friend Aiden who had like 8 million at the time and Josh who had like maybe 3 million, which is really big. Like these are all big accounts. We were like the only ones, but everybody else in the house was like kind of just starting with social media. So there was six of us. So I guess half of us were like figuring it out. Um, but we didn't really have like sustainable income. Um, I was just starting to get sustainable income. And so we decided to all put money towards this house and try to see if we can grow a page called the pound LA, which is a creator house. And from there we all moved out. Every single one of us moved out of our parents' house and, and rented out uh, just an Airbnb for a month. And we created this account. And the first video was like, guys, we're six friends trying to make a, you know, a social media living, whatever. We're trying to hit 5 million followers in one month of renting this house, right? To like make it. Um, and the first month we did really well. We almost got to a million followers. Why do you think you were successful? Um, we were really motivated. When I tell you this is legit, which will blow anyone's minds who like knows me today. I'm sure my girlfriend's going to be like, what? There's no way Sean did this. We woke up at 730 every single day, started off with a morning meeting, wrote down TikTok ideas and spent the whole day executing every video. And we did that for 30 days straight. And we did that for like four months and eventually we burnt out. But that process eventually ended up getting us to move to LA as a creator house group together. And that's how I ended up moving out from my parents and then eventually moving to LA. So maybe you could track me up to like burning out of the creator house or burning out of like that, that kind of schedule. Sure. Um, so it, obviously it takes a toll on a lot of people and it, and it, actually we were all friends before social media and being in a creator house and mixing friends and work is not always the best idea. Because it started impacting our own personal relationships with each other. And we just decided it was best to kind of stop. And obviously, if you're posting videos every day, it also takes a lot of toll on your mental, you know, trying to come up with new ideas. And when things aren't working, it's really easy to give up. It's really easy to be like, okay, we got to do something else, right? And um, eventually, we were just like, you know what, maybe this is not the avenue for us, especially with, with everybody having our own personal lives. And we don't want to impact our personal relationships. Sometimes our, things are better to just, as Mr. Wonderful would say, you know, just stop it, to end it, you know, just like shoot the idea. So where were the three creators that like didn't have, like didn't start with anything? Where, where did they end up after the four months? So they continued to kill it. Like every single person on there ended up growing a following of over 500,000 like followers. So like we all we're starting to get that you know sustainable income and starting to make a living for ourselves and um i would say probably everybody except for two members we have two members are still doing social media today uh one of one of the other members that were kind of smaller at the time is absolutely killing it she was on abc news like literally a couple months ago um and she's now editing for some of the biggest youtubers what are some of the the big moments that you're most proud of in the last like year yeah um, so we ended up releasing, uh, it was my first time on set, a Facebook show, a full Facebook show, which had like a, it's so crazy going from like me recording videos alone in my room to like having a 30 person set with like people staring at me at all times. But that was one of the big ones. I had a Facebook show. Um, I became a feature creator in many events, just like this one, um, playlist live today. This is also a full circle moment because I came back, I, I was here last time prior to COVID as like kind of more like a fan, like a, trying to be a creator. Um, and I, you know, started speaking at a lot of events, which has been like really, really fun for me. Uh, been able to travel a lot more. Um, 
you know, we did we did an event for VidCon in Abu Dhabi. I spoke uh, on behalf of Web Summit at um, in Portugal, and so that was like a big one for me. Uh, I have a girlfriend now; she's, <laughs> she's right there. Hello, she's great. <laughs> um, and yeah, so those are kind of like since then, I, you know, I've really grown as a person and uh, like continuing to learn. I think that's one of the big things. Um, what advice would you give yourself for or that kid in that same position? Um, my advice, because I, I had so much belief in myself, but I would continue to say this is keep going and keep believing in yourself because you never know what could happen. Like I tell this to a lot of creators today, the video that you post today could change your life. You don't know what scale that video could do or what it could do for you. You could create a video on accident and go absolutely viral like I did that first time I posted a TikTok and it could bring you a brand deal that changes your life. You never know. There's this quote that I saw on uh, Twitter a couple days ago that was like, you're a thousand, piece, uh, a thousand pieces of content from the life you ever wanted. Um, and I really believe that that's true. Every video and everything, regardless of whether it goes viral or not, you learn something from it, you put your 10,000 hours in and you are able to continue to master your craft of creating videos. And anybody who is out there that wants to be a video creator, I think it's really, really possible. You just got to put the work in and got to understand what trends are going on and what's, what the algorithm is looking like. And like, just continue to learn and grow. That's a big thing. Just keep learning. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, DM us at Finding Founders Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner. Our Chief of Staff and Operations is Jessica Lynn. Our audio editing team lead is Adrian Tapia. Support from Irene Van Berkel, Matt Fernandez, Renee B. Cannon, Sophia Donner, David Saidi, Ashley Jimenez, Nicholas Guzman, Aaron Devereaux, Sanessa Gisley, and Lois Choi. Our outreach and research lead is Kenny Ong. With support from Sarah Hobson, Cherise Tan, Harushi Kanauchi, Kristen Hagelin, Aya Cortez, and Valencia Lee. Our writing team lead is Elizabeth Bowen with support from Aiden Ashworth, Nikki McCollum, Sylvie Wong, and Eric Menno. Our design team lead is Shruti Ramanand with support from Tiffany Dang, Yao Lil, and Dina Gabriel. To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.